calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey, this is Crystal Waters, and you're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. I have never said that to anyone. <laughs> What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh-huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Lamine. Today, we have an exciting show. I sit down with the queen of house music, Crystal Waters. My dance music fans will definitely know her. Even my hip-hop heads, if you were clubbing anytime in the 90s, you know 100% pure love, and you definitely know the smash Gypsy Woman. That uh, I mean, those records have been on dance floors for more than 30 years now. We dig into Crystal's extraordinary journey as a pioneer, as a woman in dance music, um, all the some of the tribulations she's been through and how she's passing it along to new artists coming up today. Crystal's got many exciting new ventures, a skincare line, a label, a podcast. Make sure you check out the I Am House radio podcast after you listen to this, of course. But let's get into it right now with Crystal Waters. Great to meet you. I appreciate you making time for this, and I'm excited to talk to you. I've obviously been following your work for for many, many years, uh, and so excited to finally meet you. (laughs) Thanks. This is great. Absolutely. Well, um, I want to get into what you're up to now, but I always kind of like to start at the beginning, um, Mm -hmm. and I know that um, you have a really fascinating story that uh, followed the the trajectory of dance music. Um, so if you don't mind, let's go back to the to the very beginning. Do you, do you remember the first record you ever bought for yourself? Um, that I bought for myself, I'm pretty sure it was Stevie Wonder's album. I think it was called First Finale. Mm-hmm. Sitting on the rocks in the long. Yeah. <laughs> I remember because I had to catch a bus the closest record store from where I live. So it was a big deal. It was oh, big yeah. Deal. yeah. Yeah, I mean, those were the days, right? When you, you had to get to the store, you had to hope they had it in stock and mm-hmm. know what you were looking for or, you know, or, or you start to meet the DJs that can help point you in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, then, then you had to get back home before you even listened to it. Exactly. <laughs> the whole album. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then that was your, your afternoon or your weekend, right? And you just yep. spend time with that record. Those are, those are special times. Um, 
And so I know you came from, you, you had a musical background in your family and, and uh, with jazz in particular, but was, were you into jazz? Uh, was that um, your music or, or did your, your own sort of music taste start to take shape? <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't per se into that. I was more of a, the Jackson five and, you know, all the R and B stuff. Sure. The only reason I would say I was into jazz was because I would go on tour with my father in the summer and all the albums he had were all jazz. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so while he was at work, you know, he, you know, he played at live um, lounges and things. I would go through his albums and my favorite was all the female singers. Mm -hmm. So that's, I wouldn't say it was my music growing up, but that's why I'm really connected to it and probably know a little bit more about it than I even knew that I thought I knew. Sure, <laughs> sure. And how did you get on the mic uh, the first time? Oh, that's a, that's a journey. I, I was very shy. I was the last person in my family that anybody thought would be on the mic. Everybody else was in bands and things like that, but I didn't start okay. I was working and realized I wasn't going to make enough money. <laughs> well, we were, well, what kind of job? I was, I, I studied computer science at Howard okay. University. And then I got a job at the DC parole board in the computer room. Wow. I had the only computer and I don't know if in DC, at least at the DC, DC parole board. And I issued warrants and did calculations for good time to get out of jail and all those kind of calculations. Sure. So when you're at the government, they hand you this paper that says how much you're going to make each year, G1, G2, F, whatever. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'll be 10 years before. So long story short, a, a co-worker of mine had a, had a uh, cousin who had a studio, was looking for background singers. And he was like, I'll go if you go. I was like, sure. I had never sang in front of anybody. Wow. But we went down there and I got the job and, you know, I made $600 in one week. That was a lot of money. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> And the light bulb went off was like, this is it. You know, I really wanted to. One thing I knew I could do was write, you know, even uh -huh. if it wasn't the singing. So that's when I just knew it. And I just, um, I searched out someone to start co-writing songs with. But that's that's really my first time in the studio. That's amazing. Um, so it's funny you mentioned that you were shy. I've seen some, I've read some interviews. You describe yourself as, as kind of shy and odd, I think you said, uh, when you were young. <laughs> so, uh how did you how'd you get past that or or how do, how do you go from from that person to you know we've we've seen in the music videos and on stage and you do your thing and and you know tell me about that journey well it was a conscious decision i hated i hated being so shy i hated not um always being afraid and not being outgoing and, you know, people misread you when you're shy. They think, you know, sure. you don't like it. She has an attitude. And I did not like that. And I remember I picked up a book. I can't remember which one. But it started, it taught me things like smiling in public and, you know, making small conversations with, say, someone at the grocery store. And I actually started practicing. Mm. And then it, is, it was an accumulation. And then when I got to the record label, they actually used to have etiquette classes. And oh, wow. Small comment, one of, one of the people, his name was Josh, actually. <laughs> he told me small talk, like, you know, compliment the man's tie, you know, just little things like that. Um, sure. And then also at the same time that I was integrated into the club scene with drag queens, dancers, these big personalities who really accepted me where I was. And I just kind of 
kind of looked at them and said, if they don't care what anybody thinks, why am I caring? I also remember seeing Prince Prince's album when he was on the cover half naked with his bikini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I said, if he doesn't care what anybody thinks, why am I so worried about what other people think? So it was, a, it was accumulation of things like that. And I think over time, it took practice, though. It was a conscious effort to do that. Sure. I love that. I love that you that you recognized that and you worked at it. You know, I think a lot of people, they just feel like that's their fate. They are who they are and they, and they can't change. And, and, and that's just not true, is it? You, it's you not can, true. You can develop. Those are skills, right? Those and are even skills. if it might come naturally more to one person than another, you can you can develop that. Yeah, and I, you know, I teach the people who travel with me that because, you know, people are very excited to see you have to engage, you have to have conversation. Sure. Some of the learned art, I mean, you can be really tired, but you still have to, you know, be nice. Right. <laughs> but you know, self-help books, I'm a big fan. I still read a lot of spiritual books. I'm always yeah. on the quest for being better. Yeah, me too. I love that's that's awesome. Um, that's funny. When I was in college, I was I was the rap critic at my school newspaper, and I used to walk around with a hoodie and and sunglasses. <laughs> and and somebody came up to me one time. They're like, "You always look like you're mad." And I was like, "Well, yeah, I, I didn't realize I was putting that out. You know, I was just doing yeah. my thing, being me." And I think sometimes you need somebody to tell you how you're coming across to to everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Yo, we are back with DraftKings. Last time I was talking to you about college football. Now, NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets just for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at an even bigger basketball win. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code REBELRADIO. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 only on DraftKings Sportsbook with my code REBELRADIO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Um, well, let's talk about Gypsy Woman. Obviously, uh, was was a massive, massive hit still to this day. And, and so that was the first song that you had ever put out. Is that right? It was the first song I wrote, actually. Oh that's amazing yeah it was the first I had met the Basin Boys um met them at this conference and I was doing more of an R&B Chardet thing and the first couple tracks they sent me was um Gypsy Woman I think it was Make It Happy and maybe one other one I can't think of the name okay and and I don't know if you want to hear the story but (laughs) yeah definitely I was, you know, they asked me to write over these beats. So I got Gypsy when I had this big fat bass line. 
And all I had was la da dee, la da da, la da dee. And I, I used to do the melody first, and I, I couldn't fit any words into those little short syllables. And I said, well, there's someone singing this song. Mm. And um, it was a lady who stood downtown in Washington, D.C., in front of the Mayflower Hotel, who was dressed fully, fully dressed in black, full face of makeup. She looked nice. She looked normal. And I had this attitude. She needs to go get a job. She's just, you know, being greedy, asking other people for money, being lazy or whatever. And the local paper did a uh, story on her saying how she just lost her job, how she was just doing so well. She had a job in retail at the makeup counter and she lost it all through the story. And she felt at the end, if she was going to ask you for money, she should look respectable and act respectable. And that just changed my whole thought about homelessness and how sure. it could happen to anybody. And, you know, back then I was really into Amnesty International. I was, you know, standing up for rights for, you know, things like that. And so that that's what the song's about. It's actually about how she wakes up early every morning because she cares, yeah. you know? So yeah. that's where it came from. That's amazing. Um, and so the, so the song comes out, did it hit right away? Um, it came out, um, I was signed to, was it A&M in the UK for two years? Okay. <laughs> for two years um, before it came out, but I was very happy, I think, my coworkers thought I was lying. <laughs> I said so, I was lying to a record label. <laughs> so yeah. take me back to the moment when you realized that song was a hit. Um, I was sitting at home and I get a call from Bruce Carbone, who I had never met. Um, and he says, you have a hit record. And I was like, okay. So I, <laughs> I didn't know, you know, what he, you know, I didn't know what he meant. I didn't even know the song was released. Right. Well, apparently it had been oh, out. Wow. Yeah. I think, you know, back then it broke on, you know, mixed shows and I think it, sure. you know, DJs in and the New clubs, York. of course. Yeah. And I wasn't, you know, I was at home and, <laughs> <laughs> and I still, I really think it, I didn't leave my job for like a year and a half because wow. I, I thought it was going to be big in New York, maybe Baltimore, DC. Sure. And then it was, you know, I went over to, I did the top of the pops in the UK thought that was really cool yeah, of course. <laughs> then you know I think you know it took me that time like a year to realize you know no this is this is going to go on for some time now so yeah it eased in on me yeah that's yeah. amazing um and so obviously this is right at the beginning like I said it's the first song you ever wrote um were you ready for that that type of success what you know how did how did life change <laughs> after like no, I wasn't ready at all. It changed. It changed completely. It wasn't an influx of money or anything, but it was. Sure. Um, it was a lot of new people around, a lot of new atmospheres, a lot. It was a lot of responsibility. Like I, you know, like I said, I was kind of shy and I was just quiet, and I had all these interviews, and I had to be social. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> and that way, it, it changed a lot, but. I got to see a lot of the world and meet a lot of new things, which I, you know, I really enjoyed. Like I said, I traveled with my father younger. So mm -hmm. traveling was, was great. I loved that. And funny thing is I had no fear when I stepped on stage. It was, it was just, I even thought it was strange. I thought I would be nervous, Yeah. but I went on stage and it was like, you know, it was like home. 
That's amazing. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. And so was there somebody you turned to for, for guidance, for advice, kind of how to navigate all of this? Not really. Um, <laughs> okay. I, mean, I think um, my family, my, I remember my uncle Zachy was like, do not sell your publishing, keep mm. your publishing that kind of business thought, you know, get a good attorney. Luckily for me, my roommate at Howard University was an attorney. Oh, nice. <laughs> so the first person I called was her. She was doing actually contract law at the time, but okay. she was an attorney. And now great. she does entertainment. So we kind of helped each other in that. Yeah. We talked about that a lot. Yeah. Um, and um, I really think the people at Mercury Records helped me a lot. Like I said, the etiquette, the how to talk to people and stuff, you sure. know, people I met yeah. along with. Help. Yeah. So at, at what point did the the division come together? Like like you say, you're not really ready and all this success, you know, mm -hmm. comes your way, which obviously is, it's amazing. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, how do you, in that time, how do you, how do you create the vision for what your career and your approach to music? And, you know, I mean, back then, obviously for a lot of people listening, dance music wasn't even a fully formed mm -hmm. genre yet. Called it house was, music, yeah. Yeah, of course, <laughs> right. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I was there, you know, as a fan in the clubs listening and we didn't know, you know, the DJ was playing a funk record and a hip hop record and a soul record. And then all of a sudden, you know, Gypsy yeah, Women's on or something. Like, yeah, and You're just dancing, right? You're just having a good time and you're not really paying attention to all that. So I say yeah. that to say a lot of what we think of today, these structures didn't exist, right? So you're, so I'm curious, how did you form a vision for for your what what you wanted to create in your music and your career kind of at that time I think um it kind of came together you know after the first album um you you know I didn't want to be a one-hit wonder everyone's saying but it came I you know at the time house music was being beat up or dance music like it was a fad it wasn't going to do anything of course I, I liked being different I liked yeah. I was this Big fish in a small pond or whatever. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. a lot of other artists would say, oh, no, I'm not a dance artist. Da, da, da. But I remember on the second album that I was going to make this, you know, because the first album was kind of rushed, put together. I wasn't even sure. really, There were a bunch of demos that they threw together. And I wanted to be involved and make it more of Crystal Waters. Um, and luckily, you know, they let me do that. Mm. Um so the vision was, you know, I wanted the top quality, everything. I mean, I made sure I brought in the vocal coach, uh, vocal producer, a real engineer. And I just really wanted to write really good songs. So I think from that moment, because it was so much pressure, it was either sink or swim, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I was determined to swim. I just remember being really determined. <laughs> yeah. And was that the second album? Was that 100% Real Love? Yeah. 100% pure yeah. love. Pure love, sorry, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you did it. You set out to to do it again. You did it again. That that record also stands the test of time. And, and um, you know, I think it's, it's amazing you say, you know, that second album can be a killer for a lot of people. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. Uh, you know, some people say, you know, you have your whole album, whole life to write your first album. And then exactly. you have, you know, six weeks or whatever to write, write your second. second. <laughs> um, 
Yes, and, exactly. uh, yeah, that, that's amazing. Yeah, um, so th thinking back to that time, you know, as you said, it was a really small community. I was talking to Moby about this uh, the other day that, you know, at the beginning of his career, you walk out in, in New York City and you see all the people, you know, everyone that's making dance music, you can see them all in, in a day. Right. Um, <laughs> At dinner. And, right. Exactly. Um, and it's so different now. Right. It's coming from every corner of the world. It's um, it's coming from the major labels, the indies. Uh, you know, it's I, I think all of music and all of entertainment, frankly, has just shifted from from it being these small, you know, tight knit groups of people to just, you know, it happens from everywhere. And so I, I wonder, how does that change? things for you how does it change your your creativity your process when it's um when it's not just about you know your crew and this this sort of tight-knit community that's that's bringing it to the world um well I think when I realized things were changing you know, first of all hip-hop came in and kind of wiped us all out <laughs> for a minute sure. <laughs> and I realized things were moving overseas yeah this is my mind so I remember me and Dwayne Harden, we decided that we were going to start, you know, going to the conferences and anything that was, you know, relevant to, you know, the, the kind of songwriting we wanted to do, because there were all these new producers, you know, doing stuff. You know, when we first started, the European producers, they, they weren't really good at it, but they got sure. really good at it. <laughs> yeah. So we started hanging out over there, you know, hanging out, you know, clubs with going out with people and stuff. Um and that really changed, and I still do that. Do that till today. I still, I still out there wanting to hear what's new and what's, you know, mm. what everybody's listening to. Um, you know, sometimes you know I don't want to be like them, but I would like to put my spin on that. Yeah. Um, so that that really, you know, I think that's where I started changing because when I realized things were changing, because I remember I went to kind of the Euro dance for a minute. Um, like the labouches and things like that. And they mm -hmm. were out like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and my manager at the time, don't you want to do one? I'm like, just, just, you know, I was more, I felt like I was more of a soulful artist. Yeah. Um, but, you know, things came back around a little bit more after that phase. And that's when I said, let me, let me get back into this. Mm. Um, so yeah, talk about today, how, 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 obviously, I know you have the radio show. I want to talk about that a little bit too. But you know, how much are you relating to to dance music that's coming out today? And and how do you, you know, how do, how do you find stuff? How are you like exploring? And and you know, is it are you do you just stay in your lane, or are you listening to different <laughs> styles? And you know, tell me about your experience as a listener, as a fan. Well, as a listener, that's why I like having. The, I get all the music. Um, yeah. so many genres now, so, yeah, <laughs> like of course. You can pick so many, um, but it's nice. I mean, there's, there's so much out there. I mean, you have to pop the David Geddes and then you have, you have the EDM. I, I say the difference between EDM and house music is EDM doesn't really have like a real baseline. They move the bottom around a little bit yep. and I'm more of a baseline person. So, I mean, I've tried to write to EDM. It's not my best, <laughs> but okay. I you know there's a, there's, I'm trying to remember your question now, but I do. I'm just asking, you know, how, how you, how you explore, how you kind of navigate yeah. uh, this, this music today. 
Yeah, I listen for stuff I like. I listen, there's, there's a, I, like I do the podcast. I could do three or four different podcasts from the music I get because there's, there's so many distinct genres sure. now. Um, but I now listen for me, like um, what I'm working on now, um, I'm actually going back to the guys I started with, basically um, DJ Spin. They're mm. all like offshoots on the Basin Boys because mm -hmm. I really miss that bass line and that soulfulness. So, I mean, I've expanded out. I've done a little Ted EDM. I've done a little of this and, and a little of that. Um, but now I'm focused on doing some, you know, straight up some house music, more, you know, a little, yeah. little more progressive. You know, yeah. not old school, progressive, but um, that's, you know, if I hear something like from all the music that I get, I will contact the producer or I, I see people who are, you know, who still keep house music moving forward and who are doing really good at, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on them and maybe, you know, reach out to them. And luckily for me, a lot of them reach out to me. So sure. of course, <laughs> it's, I of mean, course. so that's, that's really how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I think is so amazing. It's just, you know, how fast dance music evolves, right? And you have, um, you know, you have new genres popping up all the time. You have new sounds. And yet, you know, the the people that have been there from the beginning are still doing it. And, yeah. you know, the the uh, the Todd Terry's and the Timmy Regisfords and, um you know, are, are still making music and there's, and there's a lane for that, right? There's a lane for those mm -hmm. of us who are, who are, you know, grown and past our clubbing <laughs> days to, to still be, you know, still, still be, be enjoying relevant. it. And yeah. there's room for the 15 and 17 year olds, you know, out at the festivals, whatever. Let me tell you, I, I do these festivals and I'm like, gypsy woman is older than you. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. you know, how do yeah. you know? But yeah. it's nice. One thing I like about dance music because it's for everybody, all ages. Um, there's so much love and upliftment in it. Um, yeah, I think that's why our community is so special. Yeah, um, I may brag. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I, I agree. I'm with you. So think about Gypsy Women, and obviously you've you. I think I think I read you've had 12 number one uh, dance chart hits. So obviously your career is much more than Gypsy Woman, but you know, you've uh, we've seen re-releases and and remixes, and that song continues to have life. And you know, it can and you can hear it on the dance floor tonight. I'm sure somewhere in America they're they're playing it uh, on a Friday night. I don't know how many texts I get two, three in the morning? Oh, I bet, <laughs> I bet they're playing your song. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things I think. You know. Um, I don't know if it's unique to dance music, but but I definitely, you know, the the artists that I work with, you know, I'm like, if if a song connects, you got to reuse it. You got to get as much life as you can out of it. And I think, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, it's smart to be re-releasing and remixing and refreshing and bringing new fans and new listeners into it. Um, is that something like, has that been kind of part of the plan or is that just, you know, does, does those opportunities just pop up? Well, it wasn't part of the plan. They just pop up. I say Gypsy Woman, she has a life of her own. And I, <laughs> I just kind of just check in on her. Sure. Um, it happens, it's, you know, you know, we went through the whole thing with, you know, bootlegging and everything. So it's a of little course. tricky there. Sometimes, yeah. you know, we'll let a bootleg go if it's if it's a massive response and it keeps, keeps her alive. Sure. Um, but it's really nice, some of the uses that, um, it's been getting, um, we, we spend 
you know, days clearing stuff, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Um, really nice. Um, the only thing that the downfall is, you know, some people want to take too much of it. They want to say, you know, they'll, they'll do a remix and say it's Joe Blow uh, featuring Crystal Waters or something, you right. know. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> sure. So it's, it's a little tricksy, but it's really nice. Um, I never imagined it was 30 years, maybe 31 this year. Unbelievable. It has a, it has a strong life. It has a really yeah. strong yeah, that's unbelievable. And like I say, you know, I'm sure that in some ways it's a mixed blessing. You know, I'm sure as an artist and a creator, you want to, you know, you, you have other ideas or you want to connect on other things. But at the same time, you know, you made something that touches people and that's meaningful and it's meaningful in 2023, you know, the, the same way it was in 1991. Oh, I'm and, very uh, thankful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's incredible. We're back with DraftKings. Basketball fans, we got you covered for the NBA season. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NBA and is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets just for putting down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You come out ahead. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. You can string together multiple bets from the same gang or multiple games for a shot and making your payday even sweeter. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use my code REBELRADIO. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code REBELRADIO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com basketball terms. For eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Um, you know, talk a little bit about uh, being a woman in dance music. I think there's a lot that has been said about um, women in, in music overall and the opportunities that are, mm -hmm. that are available versus, you know, it's obviously a lot of it, the industry has been very male-dominated. Um, I'm interested to know what changes you've seen and what changes still need work. Yeah. Um, and dancers, I think when I started, it was a lot of, a lot of females involved. Um, you know, I think now you bring it up to the day, it's very hard to find a female name on a release. It's mostly yeah. DJ orientated. And if sure. it is a female on it, the name maybe not mentioned or yeah. <laughs> I don't know what goes on why why some of the females I think that's a big problem I think a lot of this a lot of people who are singing these records aren't are writing them as well yeah and I think there needs to be some education about you know the fact that you put your name on something is a check the fact that you do this or that is another check there's several it's because your voice is on it and I think a lot of people are missing that education mm. um and for the and maybe the producers don't even know it, but some of them do. Um, of course. I, 
I think that is a problem. I also see the problem as, you know, you know, too many, not too many, but more male DJs and females. It's got to be more than three female DJs out there. Sure. <laughs> I can only think of maybe three. Yeah. Um, so I think there's still the inequities now in that area. I think back, you know, day was money wise, you know, it's still probably money wise too. The males get paid more than the females. Mm -hmm. um, so it's things, so things, things I kind of say, it kind of stayed the same, but they've changed into other, you know, areas, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so my wish is to see more female DJs and producers, which I think is across the board in all music genres. Because I know they're out there, um, why they're not being seen, I, I can't put my finger on it. Um, but um, has it gotten better? Um, I'm not sure it's gotten better because I, I know I still have to fight for every tooth and nail. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. If you have the right education, you're not going to get it. So I don't I don't know everyone's story, but I'm I'm hoping that um, all the female artists out there listening, make sure you know your rights and um get a good attorney you know yeah 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 no look i think it's hard for the music business is tough it's it's hard for everybody right mm -hmm. um and you know yeah maybe maybe doubly hard in some cases for women i think you know you bring up a good point that um you know it's a producer driven genre and culture and the producer's name is the is always the first name on the record uh and maybe it's because I'm old, but now, you know, when I go to a show, I mean, I love DJs and I've, you know, I've grown up, you know, in the clubs and listening to DJs. But when there's a singer on stage, it, it adds a whole nother dimension. And, you know, some of the some of my favorite dance music performances I've seen are when there's a vocalist out there, you know, uh, and, and it's not just the lights and the, and the record playing. Um, yeah. And I think that they, you know, people people miss that artists, producers miss out on that, that, it, you know, they could be doing something even better and really, uh, uh, you know, touching people in another way. Yeah. There's something special about a live performance. You know, I don't, I always wondered about people pointing at the DJ, just staring at the DJ. <laughs> For sure. It's, um, it's, it's, it's amazing how that happens, but yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'll Absolutely. Leave Absolutely. Um, so, so speaking of that, I saw you had a collaboration with Robin S, another uh, massive singer in, in our culture. Um, mm. Tell me about that. What, what was that like? I mean, you know, again, uh, you might assume that there is some competitiveness um, and maybe there was at some point. But, um, <laughs> but, but, yeah. but tell me about that. I, I was really excited to see that you guys yes, have made a record. It's been a nice it's been nice, you know. We've been we've known each other for a long time. Sure. <laughs> and in the beginning, of course, it was people would pit us all against each other. Um, but now we we travel, we do a lot of shows together. Um, and we all, always said we were going to do something together. You know, Robin has this great big voice, so <laughs> you know, I never knew how we were going to able to you know match that up. Uh -huh. um, but I did the song "Love One Another" with Soul Central and the first release. And she heard it and she loved it. And she called me and said, Crystal, I have to be on this record. I like mm. this. If you know Robin, she's like very, I, I'm i going to be on this record. That's so cool. <laughs> so I was like, well, we're getting ready to do the remixes. You want to do that? She said, yeah. So I talked to Spin. We um, flew her up and 
she got in the studio and she just she just blew everybody away in the studio. I was like, you know what? Just leave her on the lead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me sit in the background. Sure. So so really that it just happened just like that. Um and she did That's it. Awesome. Um, yeah. We were in the studio. She did that. And then she was like, I'm into it. I want to do something else. And I was like, Spin, you got something? He looked on his phone and she wrote a song that night in the mm. studio. We got in like at eight and we were finished at 11. And she wrote a whole wow. thing with like triple, quadruple background vocals. Amazing. <laughs> a whole other track. Uh, it was amazing. Spin got up and went there and hugged her. It was like, <laughs> it was like the heavens that opened, opened or something. So that's yeah, amazing experience nice um and then i saw you have a skincare line <laughs> boy tell, face yeah tell me about boy a men's i should say a men's skincare line right yeah um, i started out tell me about that how, how'd that come together and, and what, are, what are you up to with it i always wanted a skincare line i always you know got into really got into taking care of my skin you know getting older and getting beat with the makeup artist i really had to <laughs> taking care of my skin. And I found some things that work and I found out that it didn't cost you all these hundreds of dollars mm. to make your skin glow. So I started out, I started getting products and stuff to testing them. And I ended up testing them on my dancers and it was mostly male people around me. Mm -hmm. And when I got to the end of it, you know, I'm in this meeting, my attorney and my consultant, and they were like, well, why don't we do it for men? Why don't you, you know, to your fan base? And I was like, okay, yeah, I can just, you know, pick out a couple products and just do it. So that's how Boyface came out. Um, and I really, you know, I really enjoyed it. It was like another creative outlet. It really sure. felt good. Um, so I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm just relaunching. COVID shut me down, but I'm relaunching. <laughs> Trying to get that's back so, in. Yeah, that's so cool. And I think um, it sounds like, you know, I know a lot of people just kind of slap your name on something. And, you know, yeah. hope that that carries it. This sounds like you had, you know, you, you really created this and had the vision for it. Yeah, I, I tested everything. I got the reason why I had to shut down because I had really special ingredients that I could not mm. get anymore. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I really, yeah. I really put my all into that. Nice. And so are there other, other ventures, other ideas that you, uh, other creative outlets you're working on? Um, I just, I really, I have the label and the radio. My vision was, all right, I'm going to have my own label, release okay. it. I need somewhere to play it. I'm going to play it on my own radio station. Nice. <laughs> and then I'm also developing I Am House TV, which oh, right cool. now will feature documentaries, videos of dance and house artists and dancers, like dancers dancing. And there's a lot of house dance competitions around the sure. world. Yeah. So there'll be videos of that. Um, Hopefully, I'll launch that by this summer. Nice. I am House TV. And what's the what's the plan or the vision for the label? Label's been up for three years. I've been mm -hmm. releasing other people, artists. I've been learning, you know, testing out different promotions, promoters, and things. So now I'm at the point where I just I'm going to release my stuff. Um, I'm actually I'm going I'm going to go to the conference next week to see if I can get some, you know, looking for new tracks for new releases. But now oh, I'm nice. going to my stuff. Um, um, I'm working on the album and 
that's my vision. My vision when I started it was to be able to help other artists. I know that especially females, I know they're out there and I know they all can't get to the conferences. I know, you know, they just need somebody to hand that one song to. So I was sure. hoping I would be a liaison for that. And nice. actually I enjoy giving tips to some of the producers um, that I do work with and just little tips on, you know, you know, like radio edits and, you know, chorus structures and things like that. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm hoping to pass on, you know, what nice. I've learned. Yeah. Tell me about that. So, so if you're, you're working with young artists, obviously you've had this amazing career. Um, what, what are you hoping that they can learn from you and take from your, your example? Um, I'm hoping they can learn not only from my success, but from my mistakes. Mm. Um, so, give, you give know, me one of those. Ah. <laughs> oh, how many mistakes? Um, I mean, there's songwriting mistakes, there's business decisions, um, there's contractual things. Sure. The first contract, it was almost for, for forever. That I saw. <laughs> yep. I mean, that was forever. back then. I, like, I saw what? those contracts. Yeah, yeah forever, ever. <laughs> so, um, and there's always, but there's always a way out. Um, yeah. And like, like, you know, making sure you get PPL monies, take all those different little monies you can get. Mm -hmm. So, um, and just like what we talked about, being sociable, being engaging, um, being a team player. I talked to Spin about that. There's a lot of producers out there who don't want to be team players. They just want this, put this out like this. That's it. No yeah. change. Yeah. You got to have you know communication and play with the team and you know make it all work for everybody. So mm. stuff like so that. So what do you what do you look for for people on your team? Obviously, there has to be the you got to like the music, right? Uh, or you have to be able to connect on that level, but but beyond that, what is what makes somebody the right kind of collaborator for you? Well, you gotta like the music, but I I listen for song structure, and I can tell when I get a demo. Like if I'm mm. going to write to it, okay, I can tell if they know what they're doing. You can tell when there's even uneven and uneven bars, or the first the first chorus is eight, and the second chorus is nine. Mm. <laughs> stuff sure. I, and I, I look for motion and, and emotion and if, if um if the producer doesn't know how to carry you know the a part into b part a lot of people try to just send me um this track with a beat and it's like i can't make something out of nothing so you right. know you have to have <laughs> you have to sure. track out some of the personality so yeah. that's what i look for in songs um and of course something new and fresh um so that that seems to be harder and harder yeah yeah i mean i even even people who are famous will send me stuff and be like well you know that's from that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll get it clear don't worry i'm like all right sure. <laughs> okay yeah i mean it's hard right and and you know you i have a 13 year old who's on splice making beats and <laughs> you know there's so much uh, I wouldn't say good music. There's so much good enough music out there, but it but getting to something special or getting like you said that that can we emotion. talk about splice vocals? Can we stop using splice vocals? <laughs> if you don't know how to create a song, you just cannot take a vocal off a of splice and throw it on a track. I I get so much of that. I just yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, and and that's the thing is, right? If you make it easy for people, people are going to take the easy way. Like the the stuff that you know you went through, or people of your generation making music, you know, with the limited technology that was available at the time. Or think about you know twenty years before that, right? Trying to get into a studio and uh, uh, really? even no. multi track <laughs> was like a challenge, right? Yeah, I mean, I made my first demo on a two inch tape, and it was. <laughs> you know, it was expensive and it wasn't easy compared to what what's available today. So people are always going to take the easy way. I think even back then it was more creative. At least they, it was creative. Now it's it seems like some of the creativity is missing. Like they'll just take that vocal and not develop a song. They'll just sure. throw it on the hook or just sample a piece of it. And that's it. Yeah. Um, so... I think I think back in the day you did it because it was a struggle because you couldn't afford <laughs> to sure. have musicians to come in and all that. Exactly. Stuff. Now it's almost too easy. I, you know, some of that struggle probably could could, could return a little bit. Yes, yeah, so I think I think that the the challenge gets flipped, right? So now yeah. it's too easy, which means if it's too easy for you, it's too easy for everybody. Yeah. Right. So now what's going to make this song stand apart? You know, from I mean, the thousands. How many hits have come from using Splice? That's what I would like to know. It's a good question. <laughs> it's a good. Hopefully, the Splice people are putting that in their marketing. They they should be. <laughs> they um, would be if it, if yeah, it was. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, That's funny. And they would get sued. Even with Splice, there's permissions. Oh yeah, had, for sure. I had an artist hand me this song was good, but I was like. Did you get permission from the vocalist? They were like, no, it's on Splice. And you have to do that. I was like, no, she wrote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You better read the the terms yeah, on that the one. Print on that, so sure. I stay away from that now because that was that yeah. was a lot. Yeah. So obviously you got you have a lot going on. What are you What are you most excited about? Looking at I know you got conference coming up. What's uh, <laughs> What's the year ahead looking like that that has you excited? The conference. I'm happy to be in some sun next week. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. And and this and this is the first one I think that I think everybody's going to after COVID. I mean, yeah. I, everybody didn't go to ADE last year, but I have a, I feel like everybody's going going to Miami. Um, so I'm excited to see everybody and see what the energy is. There's no conference because right. WC is not happening. So right. it's a lot of hotels. Yeah, it's just, just hanging out, <laughs> hanging on the beach, which is half of it anyway. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited about the album. I just wrote four really slamming tracks. Nice. I'm also been cooped up for the last two weeks, you know, writing. So I'm ready to get back on the road. I start um, actually April 1st. I start in Toronto. Oh, cool. Summer is, is coming together really nice. So I'm, I love touring. I love being on stage. I love seeing happy people. So yeah. I'm excited to do that. For sure. That's amazing. Um, well, before I let you get back to uh, to your day, I have a quick lightning round. If you don't mind. Um, that's all right. We'll edit out any slow moments, so no pressure on you. Um, what's your favorite city to travel to? South Beach, Miami. <laughs> yeah, I love it there. I met my wife there. We're, uh, we're big South Beach fans. Um, who is your favorite DJ? Oh, I'm going to say... I don't know. Okay, I can. I have, can I have more than one? I like. Yeah, Todd, have, I'll say Todd Terry. I like Todd Terry, and I like Junior Junior um, Roger Sanchez. I like Junior Sanchez too. <laughs> I like Roger. <laughs> Roger still he he plays those, those CDRs. He he really gets absolutely into- amazing. Um, 
I know you said you're a reader. What's the last great book you've read? I'm reading for the second time right now, A Course in Miracles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's a good one. It's it's uh it's good to go back to books. Yeah. I have to force good. myself to do that sometimes, but I'm always glad I did. If if I liked it the first time, I get more out of it the second time. Yeah, I'm amazed at how slow I read now. I'm like, <laughs> Is that <right>? what, happened? <laughs> what happened? But yeah, I like reading. Okay. Nice. Um, what movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? My favorite, oh, it's a tie between The Fifth Element and Independence Day. My children, okay. like when they want to make me happy, they'll just put that on the TV. <laughs> Is that right? And I'll start cooking or something. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Um, who's someone that you've learned a lot from, but you've never met? Oprah Winfrey. Mm. Yeah. I was listening to her this morning. So yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, and then my last question, if I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Um, <laughs> I was going to say, first thing came to mind was be nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause in this business is a lot of you know, back and forth and for sure. But yeah, I tell my engage, engage, uh -huh. you know, that's, that's good. I'm, and let's keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And, and be nice is a good one, right? Because I think, you know, especially in your business, uh, you have to be able to give critical feedback, right? You got, you know, mm -hmm. if something's not working, you got to be able to say it. But you yes. also need to be able to say it without shutting another person down. And, you know, you need them to bring their creativity and their exactly. their ideas to the table. And, exactly. you know, we talk I talk about that a lot in my business. Right. Like you got to tell me if I'm if I'm headed toward a brick wall, you got to tell me. But, <laughs> but be nice, but do it nice. Right. We can we can do both. Yes. Yeah, is it too easy to bite someone's head off or, or too easy just to shut down? You know, sure. you got to engage to keep it going. You you learn so much even by just spitting out mistakes. Have what someone's thinking, you know, what's going on in their heads. Um, so sometimes it's, it's not all about you, what's going inside of you. And that was Crystal Waters on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Uh, go check out the I Am House podcast. Let me know what you think of that. Some some great new house music she's playing for us uh, all the time. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace. <laughs>